Welcome to the Super Expander Podcast. My name is Corrine Phelps, your host. I'm a business and growth coach, money mindset expert, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. My journey has taken me all over from working in finance to owning a boutique fitness studio. I found myself burnt out, miserable, and questioning everything. Saying things to myself like, there's got to be more to life than this. Refusing to settle for a mediocre existence, I went all in, learning how to harness untapped potential and rewire the subconscious mind to create an extraordinary life. The last 10 years have been a crash course in self-love, building a business, creating community, building wealth, and doing what it takes to just freaking go for it. My mission is to help you align to your purpose, Rewire your subconscious to support your big dreams and vision and create a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. So sit back, tune in, and prepare to expand. Have you ever met someone and just wished that you could bottle up their energy? Today's guest is one of those human beings. He brings so much vibrancy, so much belief, and so much energy into everything he does. Nick Paggs is a growth and mindset expert, a certified behavioral change specialist, and an inspirational life coach. He understands the desire for change and why you don't, and the mindset shifts needed to find success in any and all areas of your life. Applying the motivational skills he uses as one of New York City's top personal trainers and group fitness leaders with his behavioral change training, he has inspired thousands of individuals from peers in the coaching space to elite C-suite executives to unlock their own potential. His gifts? He naturally provides a unique mix of high-energy coaching and empathetic listening to create a space of self-discovery that is profound and exciting. Throughout his private and group coaching, live events, and corporate speaking, he's afforded his clients the opportunity to break through their old ways of being, rewrite the mental patterns that don't serve them, and truly embrace their limitless potential to live out their most abundant lives. Nick is such a profound, powerful, humble, amazing human being. Today's episode is packed with inspirational stories and conversation. Hello, super expanders. Thank you, Nick, for being here to chat with us today. I'm getting more giddy every second. We've been so like just jazzing it up before we got on the record and I'm, I'm like fired up to be here. I'm grateful. It is so exciting that you're finally doing this. I know it's been a conversation for you for a long time. So thanks for letting me be a part of it. You know, how could I start something like this and not have a conversation with you? And I'm sure it's going to be one, one of many to come because there's so many things for us to, to dive into, to delve into, to talk about. I love to go deep straight off of the cuff. There's just no messing around. We're going in. So I, what I would really love for for you to do is, well, first, let me give a little bit of background. Nick and I, I joined a program of of Nick's. It was a, a money mindset workshop. This was my first in like interaction in person. Although he, we'd been like similar circles for for a little while, and that was my first time learning from him. He, he just brought so much wisdom to the conversation. I, I went on to join his first round of Project Limitless, which is a mindset 
community. It's mm-hmm. a mindset program. It's, I don't even have the full words to explain it. So at some point we're going to dive into that part, but before, before we do, I'd love for you to really share who you are to your core. Like who is Nick Pags? It's so crazy when you ask that question, like the first automatic response is me telling you about my job, like what Mm -hmm. I do. It's so crazy. And it's not who I am. Um, Interestingly enough, I think my work really does embrace a lot of the man that I am and I'm trying to become. So that's a gift. I don't think a lot of people have the ability to say that. Um, But in, I guess, the purest sense of that question, I think the fullest response would really be like I, for lack of a better term, I am an expanding and evolving um, just ball of energy and growth. And I am consistently looking to, I guess, check in with who it is I want to become every day. And the coolest part about that is like, I give myself the freedom to, and I don't think I did in the beginning of my life um, for the first, you know, like my adolescent years and grown into my early twenties. I put so much pressure on who I have to be. And now I'm, I'm consistently this dude who's just committed to expanding and growing, whether that's pretty, whether it's ugly, whether it should or shouldn't be on Instagram, whether it um, is something enjoyable to pay attention to or not. For me, I've really just been fully on this heavy course of who can I grow to become and are the decisions I'm making right now in my life aligned with that? So yeah, I think expander is probably the word that hits home most when you ask who I am. Super expander truly is the definition of Nick Pax. And then how lucky are we having this, that we're having this conversation on the Super Expander (laughs) podcast. And it's true though, because if I think of who you are as a person, which I, I know that grass does not grow under your feet because you are improving, evolving and bringing people along with you on the journey, which is really the the definition I believe of a, of a super expander people who ex- call others up into their excellence is, is, is that definition. And you embody that, that fully, which essentially that's what project limitless actually is, is about. Right. So because my words were not as eloquent as they should have been in describing it, I'd love for you to, to kind of talk about it a little bit. Yeah, uh, just like you, I struggle to talk about it too, which is part of the challenge of getting people to embrace and embody it and jump in. Um, It is one of the hardest tasks I've had to do in my business life. Um, I opened up a gym in New York City and started it from the bottom up. Uh, I started my own personal training business when I was 17 and and have really never really worked for anybody um, my whole life. So being able to experience like all these really challenging business and emotional and whatever life experiences and the hardest, one of the hardest things for me would be the, the building of Project Limitless. What I learned is that it, the hardest thing sometimes, it wasn't that there's so many people that would have told me like, dude, you should try something different because you're only getting X amount of people or it only looks this way. And Project Limitless is an eight-week mindset coaching experience that allows the individuals within to look at themselves and check in on that bold question I said before, who is it that you want to be and what do you want to create for your life? And we spend eight weeks diving into that question every day, multiple times a day. And 
it's not something that everybody is ready for all the time. And I knew that going in, I didn't realize how challenging it was going to be to create the space or uh, I guess find the entry point. That's probably the easiest way to say it. I have not been able to crack the code of walking people into the first gate of the work um, because you either have seen me do what I do before and then that created a level of trust and then you walked in similar to what you experienced in the money mindset thing or I need to sit on a nice long call with you and break down the experience and let you feel what the coaching looks like and then create that trust for people to walk in. It's not a program where I can like write uh, on a landing page, look how sick this is, come through. I've tried that and it doesn't work. Um, so I think ultimately the best way to describe it is it is a group setting of individuals who are committed to transforming and expanding who they are and who they want to become and we consistently hold you accountable to take action aligned with that person who you say you want to be. And we focus less on the doing, although we think when we're trying to change our lives, it's all about the doing. And we focus more on the being. Who is it that you want to be? And then that allows us to create action aligned with that beingness. So it's a little woo-woo when you speak it out. But I think the entry point of how we do the work is very subtle. We walk people in from just a basic kind of starting conversation of like, what do you want for your life? How do we get there? What does that look like? Um, so I guess that's, it's, it's a group setting for the most part. We do some individual work in there, but we usually get people in the room and do group coaching. I guide the coaching. We have other coaches who are support coaches in there. Bia does breath work in there, um, which is great and allows people to kind of go beyond the walls that they're holding up. And uh, And I think that, it's done some incredible work. We're about to start round five in a couple of weeks. And it's it's done some amazing things and allowed people to really change their lives in big ways. So I'm super grateful for it. Something as you were talking, it just kind of popped in my head is that I think that part of what it is about, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, whereas part of the power is that being inside of a community that sees you the way that as the person that you want to be which then allows you to more quickly step into that person, right? Because we have all of these relationships in our existing life and world where you kind of almost get, was that like typecast for a better word, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. In your, in your own life. And so it's hard to break out of that, that role and expand into the next level of yourself when you have consistently operated in a certain way, because then red flags get thrown up, people start questioning you, which then makes you question your own self and shrink back instead of moving forward into this expansive next level of yourself. So being in a community where literally it's almost like you get to be a blank slate in a way of, of and you explain who it is that you're, you're claiming it. And those people actually hold the vision of who that is for you mm. and through that community power, allowing you to more quickly evolve into that person. I mean, that's it right there. And you said it so beautifully. I think that often what happens is that we say we want to transform and change in our lives. We want to be different. We want to do something different. But the interesting thing about us as humans is that we set up a life around how we see ourselves. So if you, you have seen yourself for a certain way for the last 20 years. You've set yourself up with people around you who see you in that way. You've set yourself with systems around you 
to be treated in that way. You've talked to your boss or had your boss treat you in a certain way, or you talk to your kids or your kids talk to you in a certain way as the person you have once been. So when you try and do something different or be something different, there's going to be resistance because you set up a life around the way you've been, not who you're becoming. And the, the crazy part about transformation is that it does create this maybe separation, not from you and those people, you and those things, but from who you've become to who you're becoming. And people maybe have loved who you've been. The people closest to you, like this is why, you know, when you're doing this work, specifically with Project Limitless, I often will sit with people and like, I, I ask them, do you have a partner or somebody that you're in relationship with? And if it's not that, do you have parents that you live with or that you're close with or are there roommates that you're super close with or best friends that you spend a lot of time with? Perhaps we should be talking to them too about this step for you because they also get to know that you're going to expand and grow and evolve. And if they don't, they're going to try and resist who you're becoming because it's not who you are. But isn't it crazy that when you're trying to become someone else and people keep treating you as you've been, there, there's going to be resistance. You want something different. You're acting and showing up different. That's a win. But the people in your corner will treat it like you're going crazy or something's wrong with you or you're not being yourself. Of course, I'm not being myself. I want to become someone different in a lot of ways. I can hold on to my core values. I can hold on to the man that I love myself to be and still expand to who I'm becoming. So I think that that's really a huge point because when you get in a room of people that maybe you haven't had a relationship with before or people who have never seen who you've been, it's like what my mom said when I went to high school from grammar school. I was walking into ninth grade and she dropped me off at the train. She said, I just want to remind you that as of today, you can decide to be someone different if you want to. You could be really different today because all those guys, there's only three or four guys with you from your old school. And there's a lot of kids in that school. So they won't see as much unless you hang out with them. You can be who you want to be. And the crazy part is we can allow ourselves to do that every day. We can wake up every day and say, who do you want to be? And it doesn't have to be attached to who you've been, but we lock ourselves into that. So having the community of Project Limitless, if you say we have something called a power statement, you list your power statement, this is who I'm becoming in these eight weeks, and you say it as if it's already in existence, and everybody gets to see it. And the reason everybody gets to see it is because they then get to treat you, not as who you are, but treat you as you're becoming. And when people start to treat you as you're becoming, then you start to become that. But if they treat you as you've been, you'll always be that way. Mic drop. I feel like that that was a mic drop moment. And so damn powerful and so, so amazing. I feel like the idea of asking the question, who do, who do I want to be today really is something that each and every one of us should be asking ourselves before our feet hit, hit the ground in the morning. Because if that is the one thing that's driving us, I mean, that's a, that's a real ripple effect that would happen in the world if we actively consciously enter our day as the person that we are becoming. And let that be the foundation of our decision making. That's the second part, right? Because everybody loves the idea of journaling on maybe who I want to be or what I want for my life or whatever. Sure, do that. But then the first thing you do is you go walk in the kitchen and you're like, I want to be a fit, healthy individual. And you go eat like a fat pancake and some sausage, egg and cheese and whatever. And your decision's not aligned with who you say you want to become. So it's yes, checking in, just like you're saying, Corey, like I, this is the man I want to be. 
I'm going to make that decision in the morning. I like to call them be, do, haves. This is something I learned from a mentor of mine. Um, allow yourself to list who is it that you want to be in the morning and then let your to-be list run your to-do list. So you create a to-do list. Okay, I'm going to have a healthy breakfast. I'm going to go spend X amount of hours at work. I'm going to go for a run. I'm going to call my mom and tell her how much I love her. I'm going to, whatever those things are, the to-be list runs and generates the to-do list of your day. But most people have a to-do list and then that creates who they're being for the day. So I have to go to work. I have to go for a walk. I have to go to the gym. And when they have that mindset of what they have to do, then they're like, all right, in order to do that, like, I'm going to be cranky, I'm going to be pissed off, I'm going to be whatever, because I have to go do those things. So let your to be list run your to do list at the beginning of your day, and then actually do stuff that aligns with that. Don't just write it down and then pretend it's gone. I think one of the, the most powerful takeaways from going through Project Limitless, I have not not forgotten that. And I, I think it is, it's so easy to write the things in the journal, and then it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. And yet we wonder, because we wrote the thing in the journal, why months, years later, it's still just words on paper and not the like physical manifestation of the life that we're living. But it's because we don't actually, in from a state of awareness, choose. Mm. It's so huge. Somebody told me the other day, so this is a crazy statistic. We have learned more I read this somewhere like a month ago, and I've been saying it on repeat. I think it's the coolest thing. We have learned more about the human brain and how it works in the last 25 years than we have in all of the history of mankind combined before that. Just think about that, like how long humans have been alive. We've learned more about this brain that's in our head in the last 25 years, like since I was born, than like, that's crazy to me. We have such an advantage of information. And when we are learning so many things right now about how our brains work, about how our heads are, and we're not even close to really understanding what it's like to tap into that heart voice and energetics and how our body is energy and how that attracts things or retracts things and all that stuff. We're not even on the tip of the iceberg with that. But because of that, what we've learned, one of the things is that about 90, 85%, I don't have the exact number, of our conversation in our head is subconscious. It's not things we're completely aware of or aware of at all. Like it's in there, but it's not like you're saying, oh, this is happening right now, or oh, this is what, like you're not making a conscious decision to go say what you said to that person because of your trauma from when you were six. You're not consciously doing that. That's a subconscious thing. But if 85% of our thoughts are surrounded around subconscious conversation. And we're not spending time asking what our belief systems and our stories about life are. Don't you think you're leaving a lot of life up to like 85% of life then, 90% of life is left up to your subconscious that kind of just does whatever the hell it wants. So you can consciously say, oh, I wanna show up this way. Oh, I wanna feel really great. Oh, I want to have a healthy relationship. You know how many people tell me, Corey, that they want to have a healthy relationship? And then I ask them what they've done to generate that healthy relationship. And it's just a crock of shit. It's nothing. They're like, oh, I did this. I did that. Blah, 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 blah. But ultimately, it's the things in between where you're making decisions that's aligned with your true subconscious desire, which is usually egoic around the needs for safety or comfort or, 
or control or needing to be right. We make decisions off of that way more than we make decisions off of our conscious bullshit story that we say we want. I want a healthy relationship. No, you want to be right, which is why you're arguing with your partner right now. Because if you really wanted a healthy relationship, you'd sit down, you'd say, let's talk about this. Here's where I'm coming from. Where are you coming from? I want to learn. That would be aligned with I want a healthy relationship. But no, you're 90% of needing to be right that you grew up with because of mommy and daddy stuff. That's yeah. taking over the conversation. Yeah, it's it's powerful. It's so crazy. And your statistics there there are right. I think it's it's 85 to 95 percent. It's somewhere in in that realm. Like easy. our conscious mind is only represents about five percent of that. And it's even more crazy when you think of the the subconscious patterns, beliefs, and all of it came from the time we were zero to seven years old. So you essentially have a seven-year-old driving the bus of your brain. How wild is that? It's like the it's like what I'm dressed up as an adult. I'm showing up as an adult. But then when I face any type of adversity, circumstance, challenge, fear, and like whatever that natural stuff is that we all talk about every day, whenever that stuff comes up, immediately what fires up is seven-year-old Nick. And I now have a seven-year-old making life decisions for me. That's quite literally what's happening every day. And what this work that we're talking about in Project Womanless and this stuff, this type of heightened, we call it consciousness coaching, right? I'm a mindset coach, consciousness coach, whatever. I don't say consciousness coach because people get freaked out by that, but truly that's what it is. Yeah. It's heightening awareness and raising consciousness. The more consciousness you can generate to go from 85% to 80 to 75% to say, like the more we can move in that direction, which is not happening in this lifetime, but we can start, the more we can have conscious control of how we show up and not be run by seven-year-old Nick anymore. I don't want to be making decisions of a seven-year-old about certain things in my life because that oh seven-year-old's yeah. a whiny-ass baby sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we end up, I, I, I lovingly call it the vibrational bottleneck is what happens, right? Because your internal desires don't match or your internal motivations don't match your external desires. Like you do want the healthy relationship, but it doesn't match up with your, your internal motivations of being right or staying safe and that whole sort of thing. So then you literally end up in like a traffic jam. And then we wonder why there's anxiety or nervousness or frustration or overwhelm. You have a literal, that's a perfect word, traffic jam in your brain and in your heart. Usually your heart is very clear on what it wants. Your head is trying to logically understand something that can't logically be understood. And then they're trying to meet each other and it becomes a collision right around where your eyes are. So it turns into tears. <laughs> and then we're crying about what life is looking like rather than just allowing ourselves to really tap into that heart voice and let the mind play with the heart voice and allow them to become one with each other, which is probably a deeper conversation, but it's, yeah, I, spot on, Corey. Oh my goodness. So this work that you do, it's like light, you're like light years ahead uh, in terms of in like of emotional maturity and, uh, and wisdom that you bring to, to your clients. So along the way, there had to have been some people in your life that really inspired you, that expanded you, that, that really pushed you to step into the man that you are today, sharing this wisdom, being a super expander for others. So who, who have your super expanders been? It's honestly a very challenging question because I've, I've, I don't know if this is a practice. Yeah, I guess it's a practice. I've allowed myself to look at every situation, every circumstance, every moment as best I can. 
and take it and, and look at like this gift that's been given to me and utilize it as a way to grow and expand. So like my answer in the dumbest, like maybe the, I don't know, the deepest, the dumbest, the whatever sense is like every, everyone and everything has really become a super expander for me at this current stage of my life, which is a really, it's just the coolest thing to be able to say. With that being said, you know, there's like the people that have inspired me and have motivated me. Um, number one is my parents. I just grew up with the two greatest parents on the planet. My mom and my dad are just amazing human beings, which created amazing siblings. So I have incredible siblings in my life um, and just a fantastic family. So that's been huge. Um, and interestingly enough, there's a fella named Eric Thomas, Dr. Eric Thomas, who is a motivational speaker. And um, he was the first person that allowed me to look at my life and like ask the question of what I want and then just stop making excuses to go get it around 17 years old ish. So I owe a lot to him in terms of like desire and inspiration and motivation. He's, he's always been an incredible resource for me um, and got to meet him personally and connected with him and had some really nice one-on-one -on -one time with him. So him being the number one motivational speaker in the world, that was a cool experience. Um, but interesting. I, th I think Foundationally, I'm going to probably go a little off kilter here from your regular routine, but I there have no routines. Okay, cool. So let's make our own. <laughs> so I have learned the most in my life from people who've either screwed me over the most or people who've confused me the most or people who've hurt me the most or the toughest situations in my life. And when I think about the toughest, one of the toughest situations in my life, I grew up a soccer player, spent my whole life searching to become a professional soccer player. And when it was time to go to college, I was the first one in my family to play at a collegiate level. And I was only looking at D1 school. So then afterwards, I could go play pro. And I ultimately ended up choosing a little bit because my dad was pushing me with the grades stuff. And he wanted me to go to a really good school and do what I wanted to do educationally. And I, I didn't really care because I was like, I'm going to go play pro soccer and whatever. But I like the idea of doing physical therapy. There was a school, University of Scranton in Pennsylvania, Division Three school, had a fantastic DPT program. I thought I'd just go do that. And uh, the coach had been begging me to go there. Only D3 coach I talked to. And, uh, and I told him no. And then a couple of weeks later, I called him back and was like, actually, I'm going to come there. Super stoked. So scholarship, not fully because they don't do that in D3, but um, actually an educational scholarship at a school I had no business getting a scholarship at. And what I learned about Division Three sports is that you technically have to have tryouts. It's not like you sign a paper and you're in like you do in Division One, and I think Division Two. I did not know that walking in. So he was apparently stoked that I was coming and on quote-unquote tryout day, which I was just, you know, at 17 years old, I'm like, okay, tryouts, whatever. This guy was begging me to come here. He, it was a week long, and he never really, like, paid attention to me. It was almost like he, in my head, I was like, Oh, he already knows I'm on the team. That's why he's not looking. He's looking at these other guys. And I started to realize towards the end of the week, like this felt weird. Like it doesn't feel like he's excited that I'm here or whatever. Long story short, I did not make the team. Now it sounds, oh, so dramatic, Nick. You didn't make your team. When you work for anything for 17 years of your life, I mean, I was two when I started like playing soccer. And then like by five, I was like training for soccer. When anything you work for for that long gets taken from you or feels like somebody stole it from you, it's really heavy. And in that moment, I remember looking at the list and being like shocked and saying to the coach, I think you're confused. My name's not on the list. And he's like, you didn't make the team. 
So I had to call my parents. Now this was the worst part of it. Talked to my dad and my dad was pretty disappointed. And my mom said, um, you know, she was being a cute mom. And, and I said, Ma, I got to transfer. I got to get out of here. This guy's an idiot. I can't be here. She said, if you're wanting to transfer because you feel like it's the right thing to do for you, we support you on that. But if you're transferring because someone told you no, we don't support that. And that moment was kind of perhaps one of the most transformational moments. A super expander for me was this coach telling me no in a life where I really hadn't had a lot of no's. I'd been really good at all the stuff I did. I'm just being straight with you. I was one of those dudes who could, I did theater and I was really good at singing, acting and dancing. And I did service all the time. And I was really good at, I wasn't good at school. That was the only thing I really wasn't good at. Um, but I was great at connecting with people. I was great at all the sports I played. So to get a no that big was earth chattering. And to hear my mom say that the people I care about most will only support me if I feel like it's right, not if I feel like I'm running from my challenge. That was like, what an expansive moment right there. And we can all relate to that, right? In these moments yeah. of life. So when I look at, I mean, that story goes on to him saying no after training a full year, him not even letting me try out year two. And then I, the same conversation happened with my mom. And she was like, if the no is what's keep, making you want to transfer, I'm not supporting that. So I kept trying in the spring semester of sophomore year. I went on the practice squad and I ended up being the top goal scorer that season. And then my junior year, we made it to the elite eight in the country. And I was on the team for that on a team that had never made it that far in school history. I don't take credit for that, but I do know that the energy of that team shifted because of the grit and the, the fight that I brought to that team. A cool fast forward was like, I don't know, I think it was 2014. So maybe six years later, I get a phone call and uh, it's the coach who I couldn't stand, thought he was the biggest jerk. And I always, Corey, I always walked up to that man from day one until the end of the career. I would shake him in the hand, look him in the eye and say, thanks for having me here, coach. Every practice, every game, even when he said no to me, I'd say, thanks for letting me come through because I felt like it was the right thing to do. I was always kind and respectful to this dude. And he never gave that back. He was just, for lack of a better term, just a total shithead. And uh, he calls me and says, I've been seeing the things you're doing. I love what you're doing. And I would love if you'd come talk to our team because we can't play during COVID and they're really down. Is there any way we can hire you to come speak to our team and do some workshops with them? At the time of the pain, when it was happening in college, I had no idea how heavy. I had no idea that that could possibly be something that would serve me. And I got my reimbursement for my pain six years later. And I think about what that taught me about life about showing up and being the person you got to be all the time, even when life doesn't allow you or says you shouldn't be that person. I had every right to complain about him. I had every right to call him out. I had every right to spray paint his car. I had every right to do all this shit. And I didn't. I, I continued to be respectful and be the man that I know I'm supposed to be. And it led to me getting literally financially paid thousands of dollars to go work with that team years later. Um, and for him to call me after that session and be like, I learned a lot from that. Thank you so much. So that type of payback, that type of transformation, it often doesn't come from like great little moments that are awesome. It comes from pain and struggle and confusion and fear 
And that's what all that was through college. So allowing him to be an expander rather than something that made me play smaller or, or curl up in a ball and, and, you know, have my thumb in my mouth and just like wish the world would take better care of me. He allowed me to decide to be a victor in life rather than a victim. So he's a huge expander for me. I have a question for you. Have you joined the super expander free mentorship community? If not, what are you waiting for? Stop what you're doing right now and text the word mentor to 202-918-3235. Text the word mentor to 202-918-3235. I send out weekly tips and inspiration to help you grow your business, to step into your wealthiest, most highest self, to harness your full potential and live an exceptional and extraordinary life. And the best part is it's really me sending those messages. So text me, say hello, and send me your questions. That might be one of the most powerful stories that I have heard. I haven't, I've not heard that story from, from you. It really resonates on so many levels. I think for me primarily, because integrity is, it's like, it's my top core value, integrity, that and freedom are my, my top core value. And I think one, by living in integrity, we access freedom because you're not encumbered by the, I don't know, just showing up, not as the person that you want to be, but so when I'm listening to you, part of what I'm wondering, A, your your mom is just a total badass. I feel like I need to to go hug her because the to have articulated that to you so well and so powerfully was huge because she could have jumped on the bandwagon and been like, yeah, F him, like this is, you know, and been in agreement with you, but she really she pushed you to see see the opportunity, the obstacle being being the way, coupled with the fact that your parents are the people that they are and being an athlete, because I feel like w- one of the things I think that comes from being an athlete, because sports are truly metaphorical for life. Um, do you think that that was like the reason that you were able to show up because of what you're, what I'm hearing from you and you say that you you thanked him at the end. I mean, there was such a level of integrity and sportsmanship that came through on like in those interactions, even when she was, when he wasn't giving you what you desired. And that lesson of coming out is that nothing worth having is ever one without hard work and perseverance. It's so interesting. My parents always made the most important thing being a good person. That's what my mom would always say. And my dad would always represent more than say. They're just, when I think of two people on this planet who are, they're overgivers in probably an unhealthy way, but they are committed more than anything to doing the right thing, which is integrity, right? When nobody's looking, mostly for other people and less for themselves, which is what I'm trying to work on. Like we we take things from our parents and then we learn things from our parents, right? So we take some stuff that works and we try something new that didn't for them. Neither of them take great care of themselves, but damn, do they take care of others. And they just taught me always. So I'm, I'm committed in this lifetime, you know, to learn from that. I get to take care of myself too, and I can do both. But watching a masterclass every day, 
That is so crazy. My mom just called me right now. How wild is that? <laughs> oh my God. I, I talked to her in days. That's crazy. Wow. Mom, I'll call you back. The <laughs> watching a masterclass of people consistently showing up for others and doing the right thing was like, it kind of became ingrained. So I had a cheat code in life in a lot of ways. And I think this was no different. She was subtly asking me, and my mom's not like deep. My mom's very matter of a fact, matter of fact, like she comes from, um, my grandfather was a Marine. My grandmother was like a trailblazing beast, right? Her parents were just like very kind of, this is how it is. She's not some like motivational, inspirational, like crazy, but she has this beautiful wisdom to her that's so simplistic and she'll just say it how it is. And she, she often, I think, which is magical and parents out there, please embrace this. She gives me options, right? I have this gut instinct where if I'm about to do, to this day, I'm 29 years old, to this day, if I'm about to do something that my, I know my mom would be like, yo, that, that's not the right thing to do. I can't do it. It's not a guilt thing. It's not a blame thing. She ingrained in me that we get to look within and ask our gut and our heart, like, is this the right thing to do? You know, if it's the right thing to do or not. So I really, I made this hashtag in high school and college, and I used it all the time. Hashtag, what would Janny say? My mom's name was Janny. And I, I was a goof at that time, but I really, uh, in a lot of ways, embrace that mindset day to day. Like, if it's not your mom, like your mom or dad haven't been there for you in that way, it can be your God. It can be universe. It can be someone you've always looked up to as a mentor. It doesn't have to be mom or dad. But for me, my mom and dad both represented that where I was able to say, is this the right thing right now? And I could feel it in my heart if it was the right play or not. So when she asked those questions, she wasn't just telling me, you need to go back to him and tell him that, you know, you really want this and that you didn't work hard enough and that you want a second chance. She didn't do that. She would just offer something and offering, which is the style, you know, you, you know, this Corey about me, I don't coach from telling, right. These podcasts are fun. Cause I get to talk and tell a lot. Um, but I don't do that in my coaching. I do asking because I've found that when we offer space for somebody to go within and discover their own answers, it becomes a way more profound and transformative experience of their growth because they figure their own stuff out right? I don't need to be celebrated that I figured it out for them. I don't need that. It feels yucky. What feels great is allowing the space to let somebody discover what they need to discover. And my mom in that moment, as she did many times throughout my life, and as my dad has done many times, asked the question of who do you want to be? That's what she said. Do you want to go and be the guy who succumbs to this guy's no, and then gets changes your whole life because someone said no to you? Or do you want to be the guy who shows up honorably and takes back what he knows is rightfully his? And damn, did I do that? I woke up, Corey, I mean, I was in college drinking party until 1am. I would wake up at five or six and go train outside. And I would be at the field and playing before the team played and made sure he sees me. And even when I got no the second time, I just keep doing it. That has not changed much in my life now. When I know that something is rightfully mine and I get to show up to it, I don't need anybody's approval or I don't even need the leader to say, yes, you can. I just decide and then I make it happen. And I think I get a lot of that from, from my parents and their willingness to do less telling and more asking. Mm, so good. And there's so much power and potency in asking questions. I definitely 
fully agree with you that the the best coaches, the best leaders l- listen more and ask better questions is really the, the how that how that goes. Huh. There's so many juicy things we could just like take this off in so many different directions. I know that you're really a busy, busy guy. So I, I basically what I'm doing here is making sure I can bring you back to have another conversation at another time. So this is this is selfishly me headed in the direction of, of landing the plane here because we're, we're just going to continue this conversation. So because that's the way I'm thinking. I'd love to know if we're sitting here having a conversation a year from now, which we will be, what is the feeling that you're looking to achieve? Like, what is your North star instead of focusing on like the big things that we want to create in life? What's the feeling that you, you want to achieve? You want to embody? I think what I've been working on most in my life is where I want to continue to go, which is learning how to truly surrender trust and lean in. Maybe the simpler way to say it is like, I want to constantly find ways to release resistance. So I have a firm belief that I call it pizza, the power it be, God, Buddha, Allah, Jesus, universe, source energy, whatever you want to call it. I just call it pizza. It's the closest thing I know to a God. So (laughs) (laughs) never going to look at pizza the same way again. That's it. That's it. (laughs) Welcome to the pizza party. So I, I really embrace this idea that um, pizza's always got my back. And the way that I see it is it's a very simple process. The things I want, I, the second I ask for them, like, yo, pizza, I really need this. I really need a car that I don't want to pay for, right? I really want this. I desire this. Desire is the better word. And when it's truly a desire thing, universe goes, cool, here, have it. And it's there without a pause without a second between, right? And people get so caught up in that idea. They're like, I've been asking for a million dollars for years. It has not shown up. And my question is, really? Because I think there's a million dollars floating around. Like you don't have to call the government and say, hey, can you print out this year an extra million? You know, we talked about this in the Money Mindset Workshop. Like you don't, it's there. It's already there. You're just not the person who can receive it. So step one is make the request. Step two is, your your quest is your request is answered by the universe and then step 3 which is where we all get stuck is i then have to become the person who's able to receive that and it's like asking for a beautiful new couch a big ass couch for your new apartment and the dude says we'll call the dude universe universe says yeah just come to my warehouse you call it's here it's already here just come pick it up so i drive over in my little honda civic and i get there and the guys like yo, I can't put this huge couch in your little Honda Civic. It doesn't fit. This is the mindset we work from on a regular basis. We're asking for things that we're not expanded to yet, that we need to be in the process of releasing the resistance. So what it would look like for me to show up is and, and get that couch is to bring a pickup truck that, it can, that can fit it, right? Or a U-Haul. But you're driving a Honda Civic and asking this big couch to come in your Honda Civic and it's never going to happen. It's never going to shrink down to the size of your Honda Civic you need to expand up to the size of the couch if you want to be able to bring that couch home. So whatever it is you're asking for, you've got to release that resistance, right? So for me, my constant play the last few years has been how I'm not grinding and hustling anymore, right? This grind culture is so, it is so cool. It's like the cool kid 
in school that I always thought was just like the greatest thing to chase after. And like, they're never actually that cool at the end of the day. <laughs> like this grind hustle <laughs> culture, I'm I, like, I respect the hell out of it. And damn, like, you know, that's what my mentor ET, I look at him and he's all about grind hustle. I have found personally, and this is just my new journey, I guess. I am way more impactful and I create such bigger things when it's not a resistant process. When I just release the resistance and open up space to attract, get on the frequency or the vibe or the whatever of the thing that I say I want. And when I do that, it's, that's manifesting, right? It starts to literally show up in my life. When I manifest it internally, it becomes an external manifestation as a byproduct of that. So my commitment in the next year is and beyond for the rest of my life. How can I continue to release resistance? All the things I want are the water. I'm the dam standing in between it and it flowing through me. I just need to open that dam. So how do I constantly allow myself to open that space energetically so I can allow all the abundance I say I want in so that I can serve more and give more and create more? It's a really cool process because one day I'm a beast at it and the next day I'm a total wash at it. I suck at it. And it's a constant <laughs> ongoing process. It's a practice. As you were describing that, you know, I had this visual of we, we've all been driving, right? And either been on the, the spe- like the receiving end of someone who cuts you off and speeds on up only to arrive at the red light that you pull up next to them. But yet, and they're like stressed and like the vein is bulging out of their forehead. And you've like, you know, kind of just moseyed on up. You didn't get, you didn't go any faster. You actually had a moment or two to look out the window, to feel the breeze, enjoy the sun, maybe jam a little to a cool song. And then you're both there at the starting line again, at this red light that's about to turn green. And the light turns green and they take off, stressed out, nervous system on full tilt, bulging. And again, you end up with the same light. And you're like, man, doing it wrong because here you are enjoying life. And this guy over here is angry and pissed off and not really getting anywhere any faster with the it's so crazy (laughs) it's so good there is a study Corey. i i need to find it you i'm so happy you reminded me of this it was many many years ago well before i started doing this work somebody reminded me it was a traffic study it was when i was like 16 oh i think my dad told me about it because he was telling me like i remember in traffic i was going like in and out of traffic to try i was like i hate traffic it's like loud gum chewing traffic and bullying are like the three things i just can't handle so i'm in i'm in traffic and i'm going in and out my dad said you know there's been plenty of studies that say when you swerve in and out of the lanes in heavy traffic you don't get anywhere any faster you you end up in the same spot or you actually get caught behind because you're trying to go with this thing and then the second you get in that lane the next the one you were in just goes faster right it is exactly that relax stay in your lane and chill don't try and like press through everything and fight through everything and create all this resist- just chill you'll get to where you got to go in the time that you're supposed to get there exactly and put your favorite tunes on while you're at it and like yeah jam out a little that's right that's right Ah, <laughs> uh, so so good okay so one last question and of course i mean it's such a cliche question but i still think that it's it's such a powerful question for, for people listening. 
If you could give yourself, your younger self, one nugget of wisdom, just one, not like a, like a soliloquy, <laughs> just a little nugget of wisdom, what would it be? I think I would just tell him you're doing great. I think I just keep saying you're doing great because everything in life that happens, happens with purpose, even when it's bad, even when it's ugly, even when it's scary. I always had like that gut instinct that like, I used to say everything happens for a reason. I think there's a distinction. I think everything has purpose. Man, it's it's crazy how much I fought the things I did or how I showed up or how hard I worked to look cool for people or how hard I worked to get strong so that I wouldn't get bullied anymore. It's like all these things I did that were like so resistant driven. I think I just want, I wish, I wish that version of me knew that like whatever you're doing, you're doing a great job. Like you're doing a great job because everybody Right, Corey, this is a crazy statement, but I really believe it. Everybody at every second is just doing the best they can with what they got. And people like to use that on people who are doing really nice things. And then when your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife or whatever, the person that's closest to you isn't doing their best, you're like, you're not doing the best. And I'm like, yeah, they are. We're always all the time, even if it's something stupid, you're always doing the best to get the thing you want, right? To fill, fulfill that like subconscious system where everybody's just doing the best they can all the time. That's a whole podcast in itself. But I like to believe that. And I think if I could have that conversation with younger me, I wouldn't change much. I think I just, like the knowingness is what I, I wish I had more of when I was younger. Like the knowingness that it's this is all purposeful, man. And, and that whatever you're doing is the right thing. So just- might not be like a good thing, might be kind of a bad thing, but it's okay. It's part of your process and be with it um, and allow yourself to grow with it and through it and in it rather than just like next, next, next. So yeah, it it Uh, goes along with where I am now, right? The trust and the lean in and the surrender. So not much has changed, I guess, since this little (laughs) seven-year-old Nick. (laughs) Oh, little seven-year-old Nick, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. I love that. I also love the, I, I'm with you on that. Everyone really is doing the best that they can. And when we can leave that at the forefront of our mind, there is so much compassion that we can extend to every person in our fields. And being able to extend that compassion really oftentimes is the pivotal thing to be a super expander for someone, to give them a smile when they didn't feel like they deserved it. and just share your light with them. So I, I love that you said that. And I, I love your advice to, to seven-year-old Nick. He's, you're doing great, Nick. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I, I went to, I went to go to this storage unit the other day and then I'll shut up. I'll let, I'll let us go. But I went to the storage unit the other day to like get my stuff out. Cause we were moving. And uh, the guy was a mess. He was so ridiculous and so nasty to me. And I was just like, good morning. Hey, he's like, I was just about to go on my lunch break at like 10 AM. I was like, okay, I just need to get into the lock and the lock's not working. The codes aren't right. So I'm having this conversation with him and I feel him. He's so nasty towards me completely like displaced anger on me. And I felt the natural instinct, honestly, of me being like pissed back at him and giving him sass back. And I just realized that like somebody did something or something did something to him that made him feel that way at some point that made him angry. It could have been when he was a kid, his dad sucked. 
right? Or it could have been yesterday or this morning, something happened, his boss was nasty to him, whatever it was. This dude is hurt enough to take out on a guy he's never met all this anger. And I was like, okay, so my response could be, you gave me that, I'll give you that. That's what it could look like. And ultimately, what would then happen? That would continue the train and the flow of all that, right? So like, he's nasty to me, I then get nasty and angry at him. And then guess what happens to the guy that I see in the storage unit five minutes later, I'm going to be nasty at him, get out of my way, right? Or get in an argument with him because of that other guy. So you can be the guy that continues the process. Or you can be kind of the, um, I guess, the blockage or the interruption is a better word, yeah. right? So in that moment, I was the interruption and I was like, hey, I love your hat. Where did you get it? I said some dumb stuff like that. I don't even know what I said. And uh, he's, he like pulled back. You could tell he was shook. He's like, wait a minute, I'm being angry. Why are you being nice? You know, by the end, He's telling me about his wife and his situation and the COVID shot he chose not to get for X reasons. And he was like, oh man, have an amazing day. And he had this new energy. We just created a new train, a new momentum together, right? So you can be that. Why not be that? It's so much better. So much more oh fun. It takes gosh. a little bit more effort, but so much more fun. Yeah, just compliment them when you're at. That's that's not really that much work. Um, <laughs> it's actually not. And then you become uplifted and energized. But I love that story. And it's like a real true, like it's a true story of the ripple effect that when we are the pattern interrupt, you you actually, you can change the world. Yeah, amen, sister. Yeah. Well, I feel like, I mean, that's like the plane has landed. It is, it is. It is on, on here the, we are. Yeah, here we are. To be continued at another time because you know this conversation was so good. There's so much more to delve into. So many more fun things I'm sure to share in the coming in the coming months. So we'll be back here doing this again. Absolutely, I'm meantime, verbally committed. I'm here I, for it. You you guys heard it right. You heard it. I want to thank you for for just blo- I mean, time our most. It's you know it's an unrenewable resource. So. I received the gift of you you sharing your time with me. I very, very much appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you so much. So much gratitude for you for being here, sharing your wisdom, your story, your, your talent, your gifts, your super expander self. Appreciate you, Nick. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for allowing me to be in the space that you're creating. It is seriously and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, it is such an honor to watch you and the woman that you continue to grow into. It is so cool and such a treat um, over these last few years, being able to just watch you grow and expand and creating spaces like this that allow others to do so. And that speaks to the type of woman that you are. So thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of that journey with you. And I have a ton of love for you. Oh my goodness. I love you back big. I appreciate you. So before we tie it all in a bow, we have to let them know where can they find you? And I mean, I know after this, yeah, come over, come over for dinner. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at I am Nick Pags and I C K P A G S. And then my email is also a place you can access me, Nick Pags at Nick Pags, LLC.com. So you can always reach me in those two places. I'm pretty active on social. So you can always just shoot me a DM. I'm not one of those dudes that doesn't answer. I'll be there. So yeah, come through, connect with me. I'd love to learn more about you and 
maybe how I can support you. And if not, how we can just chat. Amazing. And of course, all of this, you guys know the drill. It'll be in the show notes. So you can easily slide on over into Nick's world, follow him and send him a message. Say hello. Thank you. Thank you. I will catch you guys all on the next episode. If you like what you heard, stop, drop, and leave a five-star review and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. As always, the best way that you can thank our amazing guests is to share your biggest takeaway and then tag us on social media.